You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey, your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all this glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real, it's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. The 60th episode of the Mind Your Own Dog Biz Podcast, the leading pet dog industry podcast that keeps it real, that keeps it raw, and keeps it fresh for all of the amazing dog trainers, dog walkers, pack walkers, and anybody else in the business of dogs. Ooh, excuse my throat. I'm already, I'm already tearing up at this episode. Since it's the 60th episode, I have two of my favorite dog business entrepreneurs on the phone and for the interview today because we're gonna get really real raw and vulnerable about the weight of success as women all over, like not just in the pet dog industry, but just as an entrepreneur. So you know, these two, I love them both. They're my sole business sisters, Maggie and Emily Nolan. Hey ladies. Hello. Hey. So having us on Kristen. Of course. Seriously. It's always an honor to have you guys on. So I just want to open a little bit about, I don't even know how to say this, like being successful or being subjectively successful in an industry that's predominantly kind of, I want to say this, I'm going to say this out here to be raw and uncensored, raw and cutthroat. So I wanted to have both of you women that are strong women that I look up to, and I know my audience and everybody else in the industry looks up to, to chat a little bit about what it means to be boldly successful and also the weight of being successful. Like what are some of those unspoken consequences that you both have went through and all of that unfun stuff as you grew and as you grow as entrepreneurs? Mm. I apologize in advance, everybody, because I'm probably going to cry during this (laughs) recording, this podcast. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, I mean, for me, I guess I'm still kind of figuring that out. Like I, this year has been a really big year of growth for me because I purchased my first, um, house that's attached to this 30 acre property. That was like a big expansion for me personally. And like with our business and then, um, moving into that space. I mean, literally I moved from renting a room from at my friend's house where it was just like a one bedroom place that I used uh, brown paper as curtains, like taped to the window. I like to say that to people. It's true. And um, into this like, massive house. And and not because I couldn't have before, but I just, it was time to kind of make that shift. So from like the outside perspective, you know, people saw me in one way and then I moved into this different way. And even though I was that way the whole time, suddenly like the outside people were maybe tuned into that too. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking. I've I've had a very similar experience, guys, where I went from literally living in an army tent, right? Like when we first moved to North Carolina, we bought raw land and I worked my butt off. Like I had my own uh, chainsaw, like cleared my own land, created my own dog runs, like started from literal scratch. And within four years had worked my way into living in the, what we kind of called jokingly called the McMansion, um, which was the, uh, Clay Aiken mansion in Durham where I was running events and, 
living with the kiddo when we didn't have um, groups coming through. And it was like, Emily and I, I think have had a very similar experience. You go from people perceiving you one way to all of a sudden you're surrounded by something new and clearly looks expensive for lack of a better term. And then all of a sudden people's opinions of you shift. And I feel like for me, I experienced people shifted really quickly in one of two ways. They either went, oh, well, that money has to be coming from somewhere else. So that can't possibly be from her, you know, or she's a fraud. It was almost like from the negative perspective and people start to fucking judge you. And then the other extreme of people trying to fucking use you, you know, I had old friends, for example, coming out of the woodwork during that time. I lived in that house running events that didn't give a shit about me, but damn, if they showed up fast when they thought that I had something that they could have or take or be included on is, it makes me like being successful reminds me of the little redhead. <laughs> it's like you work your butt off and all the barnyard animals sit around. And then when the bed's baked, all of a sudden everybody wants to either show up and eat it or tell you how much the bread sucks. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like not very far you can go in the conversation because no one wants to hear about like the poor me complex. (laughs) No, that's a really good point, Emily. It's like, okay, you're quote unquote successful. You know, the first time, first time, because there's been a few times in my life that I've been through this. There's, so when I was 21, I had started my, okay, first of all, I went through my training apprenticeship, hardcore training apprenticeship, learned a lot of good stuff around training and board and trains, et cetera facility management, whatever. And I went and built my first business after that in Southern California. And I had this like award-winning business within two years. So I went from 18 to 21. And by the time I was 21, I was making a shitload of money. I had a lot of happy clients. I was pretty well networked. Um, and I was also hated to a certain extent, right. By some of the people that like, you know, I'll give you guys an example. I remember, um, going and meeting, I was called by this dog trainer that lived out in Malibu and he wanted me to come over and do like a meet and greet. And I was like, cool, sure. Whatever. And I show up and it's not even the, it was like a dude that worked out a facility. And I just, I'll never forget. Like I was standing in a room with him and he had like three or four of his board and trained dogs out. They were acting atrocious. There was no management. There was no thought in his mind about how to actually like use that as a part of the training, like all of it, it was a disaster. And I didn't say anything, but I'm sitting in this situation. I'm, I'm like witnessing it. And then I'll never forget this motherfucker looks up at me at one point and goes, well, what makes you want to become a dog trainer? And I just was fucking floored. I was like, what do you, excuse me? Like, dude, bro, you don't even know what the fuck you're doing clearly. I have one of the most successful fucking dog training businesses in and around Ventura County and Santa Barbara. Like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) You know, and I didn't say that. I was, it was more like the shock and it, it stuck with me. And I went through this phase then where I was like, what's the point of success? Success sucks. Like I'm making all this money. I'm super talented. Like I've dedicated myself to this craft at this point for years, you know, dropping out of school, starting to teach dog training at 12 years old. Like I was invested and it was like, okay, I'm finding myself 21 years old and this whole thing around success. Like what the fuck is the point? So my first response to going through this was to burn my fucking business down. And I did. (laughs) And I did. I don't regret it, but I did. And that's when I jumped ship over to Outdoor Ed and I still did behavior cases on the side for uh, several years after that. But it was looking back all these years later, that was experience number one with hitting the painful reality of what success actually means for a woman that has, has a business, right? Because you do all of this work and then you're constantly downplayed. You're left at the end of the day kind of going, okay, well, what is that? What, what's in it for me? <laughs> And then when you learn to get selfish, everybody says that you're selfish and you suck and that's not professional, whatever. You get a whole bunch of other judgment that comes down the pipeline when you start to, you know, try to take a better care of yourself has been my experience. Yeah. And I think that it's just, if you're not, um, if you're not shown how to kind of run a life at that scale, then Mm -hmm. you're doing a lot of this off of intuition or just sometimes dumb luck, sometimes talent, sometimes, you know, you seize the right opportunity, whatever, all of Mm. these things together come together for you. So you're trying to figure it out and it can feel very isolating. And I think that that's true for people that do have 
kind of a support around it or maybe have like parents that modeled it. But mm-hmm. definitely for maybe someone like you or me or Kristen who um, just never had that. So you're also like alone in all of your decision-making around uh, mm-hmm. like what, how to kind of navigate your course. And that can be really overwhelming a lot. And you second guess yeah. yourself a lot. This is so true. I'm curious, Emily, like, have you also had that experience of when you're just starting out and you're dedicated, it's like, you're kind of in the first two thirds of your path and in the and talking about the support system, right? The people that believe in you and are backing you. Have you had that experience for some of those people when you almost tip the level of like very clearly being successful, right? On the outside, like to everybody else. And then all of a sudden losing some of those uh, supporters because, well, she's gotten too big for her britches or she's good, but not that good or whatever. Like, have you had that experience of people that supported you actually turning on you later on in, in your kind of path? Um, I'm very uh, separated from the dog training community. So I would imagine that would come up with peers within, well, I mean, yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> Once I started to really get my footing, um, and be very sure of myself. And I wasn't as like that insecure younger version Mm -hmm. of me as much, although she comes back a lot sometimes. Um, uh, yeah. Then I started to see my peers change where they weren't. And for me too, within like the network that I'm in of dog trainers, like that was a big shock for a lot of people because I went from a role that wasn't, I was a part of the community, but I wasn't a dog in like on the trainer's floor. And then I was, and then, you know, like they left and came back and they were like, Oh, you're running this whole business. We always thought you were the Kindle girl, the office girl, whatever. So Uh, yeah, I saw that a lot. Um, in my personal life, I think that like, I can't tell you the amount of like childhood stuff that is being unpacked just by buying this house and land that, I mean, it's, it's un. I would, I'd never even I mean, maybe a psychologist would have known this was going to happen. I didn't. And it just like has come out in waves over the course of this last year. And I just actually hit my year anniversary here, September 15th. Um, oh, that's so, right. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. And I, and for those of you listening, I live on 30 acres, um, which is like a big undertaking and it's great and wonderful. And I've learned so much, but well, yeah, it's like it's a, totally your place changed. is like a park too. Like <laughs> yeah. not to talk, cause I know we don't, you know, but it, it, it's an amazing property, the location. Mm-hmm. It's not just like 30, cause I've seen 30 acres, but this place is like terraformed and you have swim, like it's a magical wonderland, especially if you have a dog. Like yeah. it's really, really cool place, Emily. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you, you know, yeah, it's the space, but also like, it's just, it has this off the property itself is really awe inspiring in my opinion. Yeah. I love that place. So yeah. Yeah. And I think it was really confusing because even people that understood my career, and this is something I'm sure a lot of dog trainers that listen probably get this. They think that it's a, uh, like a, a game, <laughs> like a, like a hobby job. You know, yeah. and I tell people I'm a dog trainer and they go, oh, cute. Like, that's adorable. Yeah, they want to pat you on the head and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And it's, an, and it's, it's, it's a super serious career path. Obviously, you guys know that. And, um, and also, you can do a lot with it. You can kind of expand your life and leverage. And so I went from, like I said, that room, my friend's house to this. And it was a big jump. Like, so visually, it was just this, like, almost with, it gave people whiplash, I feel like. Um, and they're trying to understand me. And then because Mm -hmm. of that, also my own identity kind of got went through a whiplash around it too, as I'm kind of stepping into this role. And I think you do feel yourself, maybe Maggie, what you're saying is that you feel yourself kind of become a little bit distant from that old self that was smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that is really scary too, to be like, okay, I'm letting go of that person. I'm moving into this person and it's, she's going to look different, probably have different friends or you know, have different interests in her life. And it's really important if, if the new Emily is going to survive that I start to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. So, No, yeah. it's such a good point. Cause it's like, you're also having to adapt to these new pieces of you and these new versions of you that have to adapt to the success around you. And, you know, for me, like I've always been known to be a very quick learner. Like, I mean, even motorcycle riding, like when I took my MSA course, uh, the motorcycle instructor towards the end was like, I've never seen somebody progress in their skills as quickly as you. And it's like, well, I'm just, I'm a good student. And so 
my entire life, like if, you know, if you were to ask my best friend since I was 16, she'll tell the rest of you guys in the industry, oh yeah, this is just Maggie. She'll, you know, do something, do it for a while, go through like huge learning curve, implement a lot of really good stuff, know what she's doing, know where she's heading and just do these huge level ups. And with people in the industry that got to know me for the persona that I was at, like, especially online for a couple of years, when I went through another one, because it's not the only one I've gone through, but another one of those up level cycles, I went into the big house, started in that direction. It was almost like, I had to deal, I have to deal personally, like Emily is saying, we have to deal with our own inner growth and learning how to how to grow with what we're building for ourselves. And at the same time, the larger that growth is, the more people on the outside have a hard time coping as well. Because it's, um, it's a word for it, it's getting like typecasted. You know, like I was typecasted mm-hmm. as just being like the funny chick that talks about dog businesses, you know, the chick with the poop emoji, like, Mm -hmm. and then people, certain people had a really hard time adjusting to realizing that I was not just funny. I'm fucking serious. I'm brilliant. And I'm really good at my job. And so there was this split that happened. So I had to deal with my shit as well as the maturation or the blowback from, from the rest of the industry, which really affected a lot of relationships. There's a lot of people out there that, and there's a lot that also don't feel like this, you know, but there, but it were, I'm, I, I get butt hurt <laughs> over the people that I used to have good relationships with that now, like, you know, won't even respond to me. Like they've blacklisted me because they only saw me for a year and a half or two years or three years. And that's really hard it's really hard. It's really hard to like, you know, have that kind of stuff sink in and also just know that those things can happen. You know, you can actually have relationships break down, whether it's with, with yourself, right? Like my first time kind of going through this cycle and burning my business down was my resort, you know, so that I kept myself smaller so that, you know, I didn't have to deal with that ultra growth and the blowback. Which a lot of people do. So many people do, right? Like they'll just Mm -hmm. stop progressing the business or, you know, self-sabotage. Yeah. Well, and I think like the elephant in the room here too, guys, and I feel like there's some of you ladies listening that are like waiting for us to talk about this. You reach that point of, I'm either going to burn it down or I'm either, or or I'm going to get my emotional shit together and stretch and be uncomfortable and learn and grow and start stepping on into who I am and was meant to become, you know? Mm -hmm. And at that juncture, that's when the sexism starts to fucking lack of a better term and no pun intended, bitch slap us, right? That's when people start saying, well, you should really tone it down. You should really do this. You should really do that. The judgment starts to come out and it makes, it compounds those issues, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's already a struggle inside. You're already walking this fine line. And that's when people come out and go, well, who are you to, to be in this position? Or, you know, it's like that moment that that guy looked at me and said, oh, well, uh, you know, so you want to be a dog trainer. And it's like, dude, I'm fucking 10 times better than you. Like, clearly I'm witnessing this in this moment as you're saying this to me, you know, or the guy later on that at the end of an interview, one of the interviews I did around being a business coach in the industry a couple years ago, ago, get done with the interview. And the guy's immediate feedback was, wow, well, <clears throat> you handled that pretty well. You know, your husband must do uh, something cool or whatever to make a lot of money so that you can stay home and play business coach. And it was like, he was trying to compliment me and at the same time, just completely fucking misrepresented and misunderstood my entire situation. Cause the reality was my husband was stay at home and I was supporting my entire family off of what I was speaking on. He thought that I had to be fucking supported, even though I was good at what I was doing. It was like his brain. Cause that's, that was the shift, right? It's like, wow, you're really good at this. I don't understand how you could be so good at this. So you must have a man backing you, you know? So there's that thing that every single one of us that reaches this moment of success, this, like you either burn it down or fucking get help and have the right support system. And you move through it. Like we're getting, we start getting bombarded with those messages to tone it down. Well, Maggie, something that I want to say too, and I've, we've had that conversation. Even yesterday, I remember I was telling you about that. I was working out in my home gym and the neighbor walked by. He's like, Oh, must be nice to work out. What does your husband do? So you can be home every day. And then I saw him yesterday with 
taking my little dog for a walk with my husband and he's like, Oh, she exists. And I was like, I'm like, yeah, you don't see me because I'm upstairs making all the money. And I walked away. But at the same time, men. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like I am head of household here. And you know, one thing that I've seen used against you particular, Maggie, because I've known you since late 2015, early 2016, mm-hmm. and something I see in the industry a lot of, it's used as a weapon. It's weaponized where it's might might not be, it's like it's weaponized, but also too, it's like when women do have the galls, I want to say, or they're, they're doing the boldness of stepping out, showing up and talking about success and what it takes to be successful. Like we're having right now, women traditionally are under such a microscope in the industry. That's, you know, it's 80% women, 20% males. Right. But it's so weaponized and women are such under like the scrutiny of a microscope Mm. where, for example, if you go on TV and you're a dog trainer, like you are going to get picked the fuck apart. If a woman shows up into a class um, or a Facebook classroom asking for feedback, she's going to get picked far apart. Um, The tone it down messages, you know, the one we chatted about last week and the one that Emily has been hearing for years from a quote unquote legacy trainer it's, it's just, it's incredible the way people try to weaponize. And listen, I know we're talking and people are probably rolling their eyes right now. Oh, poor, poor Maggie, poor Emily, poor Kristen talking about a place of privilege. There is a, there is a weight to success. You know, like you said, like people only see the external, like Maggie's yeah. house, Emily's property, you know, and things like that. But nobody has a clue what's going on inside, right? Like you guys have very different upbringings than me. I did grow up in a privileged household. Like I'll say that, like I'll own that. Um, but it's it's really interesting that even women, you know, right before we hopped on this call, it's like we wanted to talk a little bit about the wording we were going to use. And Emily blatantly, and I'm going to, I'm not going to share what you exactly said, but Emily's <laughs> like, hey, listen, I want to keep some safety to myself and vulnerability to myself by keeping my, my cards close to my chest, right? Because I don't want this to be my identity. I don't want to do this because she's already had this weaponized against her and yeah, all that crazy stuff. So, well, and, and I think that's an important point because it's like a single use of like a certain word where like if a dude used it, people would be like, oh, it's amazing. Uh-huh. Like, if somebody like Emily were to use this, you know, a certain f- phrase or word or whatever, it's like, oh, who is she? It's like you instantly come under scrutiny. And even if somebody is quote unquote positively like reacting, you have to be so careful to make sure that, that person's not going to hurt you or rip you off or have ill intentions. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I see so many men in the industry that can go out and say almost the same, you know, strategic stuff that we talk about when it comes to business, right? And like they're hailed for it or whatever. They're hailed for their success. And people generally leave them the fuck alone. Um, women, totally different. It's like you ha- we have to be, uh, we're guilty until proven innocent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people will do fucking crazy ass research on you. Like actually type in your whole name and find your house and like fucking look at your property records. It's fucking crazy. Like the way people go to quote unquote disprove you versus actually like, oh, maybe I should listen to this fucking person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's like these little paper cuts. So if you're already, there's a lot of mind games that are happening for, I think anyone in the world. Right. But we're talking about business owners. So as a business owner, you're navigating, you maybe have a support system. You maybe don't, you're working in a competitive market. Um, you're kind of working through issues around your own identity or ability to show up for yourself or what's your self-worth or how much are, can you value the work that you do? All of that takes a lot of like bravery push-ups and bravery. (laughs) Yeah. Bravery. bravery. And then you interact with other people. And if you're a discerning person to begin with, you're kind of taking in that information that you're getting from them as well. So if you're, for me, I mean, it shows up a lot, you know, in these moments of having to deal with like contractors and electricians and plumbers. And like, there's always this tinge of, is this a conversation that, (laughs) even when I bought this property, like dealing with the realtor, I mean, a lot of people were like, you can't do this. I mean, and they really were surprised the whole way. And, and the whole time I was wondering, can I do this? Can I do this? <laughs> like, is this going to be a good choice for me? And not really having like a stable, actually, I was really thankful to have, there was a couple of like people that were really gunning for me. And I think that without them, 
unabashedly being like, you absolutely can do this. I might've even been talked out of moving into this phase. Um, and it's not any one thing. It is a little, it's a layer of sexism sometimes that can come from men and women. Also, I get a lot of women that yeah, also, absolutely, um, absolutely. Question me, but, uh, you, um, see these little like reactions and then you take them in and you internalize them. And then they start to kind of seep into your brain too. So it's never something, sometimes it's very blatant, like the way that Maggie is talking about where it's like, literally someone's like, a woman could never do this, right? It's like super blatant. You're like, what? But a lot of times it's just these little moments of like, like, you know, my neighbor going, oh, guess I got in the wrong business. Or someone Mm. saying you live here alone. Mm. Or someone saying like, uh, you know, just like (laughs) directing their question to my assistant who was male instead of me at the job and I have to like be like hey actually I'm the owner he's my receptionist um Mm. like it's those little moments of having to like kind of make those shifts with people that they're tiny little paper cuts but they do they weigh on you and then you have you feel weighted by them or maybe you're bleeding a little bit from them and it slows you down (laughs) and you get tired and I feel tired sometimes like deep in my core like a soul exhaustion (laughs) happens uh quarterly I'll say and not that that's great but if I'm not really careful I think those are the things that really like you start to help you unravel the work that you're doing yeah well and hence the reason why it's so common uh for people to want to burn especially women to want to burn their businesses down at this point it's like you know we're we're always we set out to achieve some level of quote-unquote success and then when we get there we're like what's this bullshit like this is not what I asked for (laughs) And then the people on the outside are like not very helpful, you know, and and knowing how to support you through that too. And it, it can, it's very, it can be very isolating and like the smallest kind of side comment can, it, it's just, it's like another cut, like you said, you know, death by a thousand cuts. Remember when we went to IACP for the last time last year, uh, there was a little interaction that I had that just stuck with me the entire time. And it was somebody that I'd known from, I, I say it from quote unquote before. Um, this was before like I really picked up steam on my social media marketing, right? I've been doing this for a long time. This is what most people don't realize. I've been coaching people and their businesses for like fucking 14, 15 years. This is not a new thing. Learning social media was a piece of that, just one piece. So people thought that they knew me from social media before. And I ran into one of the women. Well, so this goes with the whole, you know, I, I feel sexism through women as well. That scrutiny that wouldn't exist if I was a dude, right? Mm-hmm. So I run into the kind of fireside chat area at the, um, at the conference and I run into an old person that has had been following me from before. And she said, first thing out of her mouth, it's really nice to see you here. You know, you really went off the rails there for a little while. And she was talking about that same time period that I'd moved into the big house and I was doing a lot more traveling and I was learning from some incredible people. And I mean, I, you know, I was really invested in serving people. I still am obviously, but like it was, I was in high drive on doing that during that time. And it was like, me going off the rails to serve the industry that you're going to gain momentum through, like that's going off the rails. Like that's what I was thinking to myself. And it's just like, God, that's what some people fucking think. Like, that's a shame, you know, that, that like I could put so much hard work into something and that's, this is where it gets hard for me. I'm so dedicated to fucking serving people and understanding at a critical level, what my actual role and my actual job is, you know? And just like any other good dog trainer, any other good skilled person is dedicated to their fucking craft. And to have so many people like throw that back and and weaponize that to say, well, you know, business coaches are just a sham. Or, you know, if you're just a good dog trainer, your business will speak for itself and you don't have, need to do any... Like the dudes that are running out there and some women with that mentality is so rampant and it's dangerous. And I'm the one that gets called a fucking fraud. Like it it it, it hurts. It's been really, really hard. And actually, little not very well-known tidbit that I'll throw out here too, Emily, <clears throat> that's also on here with us right now, 
it's been a huge part of helping me in the right moments to steer me back in the right direction. You know, cause Emily mentioned earlier, something around like, you know, you could be, you, you take in everything that everybody says and you do it take, it takes time to discern. You could be good at discernment, but when you have so much shit being thrown at you at once, that's a lot of time to go through that shit. And it's easy to, to lose your way. And I've had these moments, for example, we were sitting in fucking New Zealand in the living room of the place we were at the retreat. And we were like overlooking this view. And I remember feeling guilty about the fact that I was traveling and working. And I remember Emily looking dead at me and being like, dude, I'm glad. Like it, it, you know, you're setting the precedent for me. Like you're setting the precedent for other people. Like do it, like fucking travel, be proud of it. Own that shit. That was a huge fucking critical moment. Like, I don't even know if you know that Emily, but like those small moments. (laughs) are huge. And so when we're at these spots where we have all of this fucking feedback and trying to discern and trying to make good decisions, like, I feel like it's like, we have to have a support system of the right people, the people that are ready for like future you, not trying to hold you back into old, Yes, you know, because those people, even if they mean well, it's like, they're just validating your option to become smaller. Mm-hmm. And that's why the word boldness for me keeps coming up the last couple of weeks. Like we, ladies, we, even us in grassroots, like us in leadership, like we're also still learning to, to be bolder and to really step into it and what that looks like and do it in a way where, you know, we don't feel super vulnerable and like, we're, you know, at risk of, of, of injury, whether it's by stalking, like Kristen and I have had horrendous mm-hmm. situations around stalking like- because- literally PTSD. Like I'm in therapy for PTSD because of it. And people think it's hilarious and it's a joke. But when you get a message the day that your dog dies saying it is your fault and you deserve it, that dude, I've talked a little bit about that. I'm not going to go into a tangent about that. I went to a dark fucking place to the point of where I was like, I'm done with this industry that day. That day I was done. And and this is the core, right? Because Kristen is making the decision and continue. Cause I feel like it's a day-to-day choice for us women right on that. Yeah. Okay. It, it, this it way literally or that way, is. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep pushing through or I'm going to make myself smaller. It's one or the other. And it's like, if Kristen would have been in the mindset or that had made that decision, energetic decision, whatever to keep herself smaller, you don't get those messages. Like people no. just, they don't, they don't, people don't, put their focus, that ill-intentioned focus on people that are like small and weak. You know what I mean? So it comes with the, again, the ill consequences of quote unquote success that when people have a negative reaction to you, it's way more amplified, (laughs) the more successful you are. And we don't talk about that. We don't prep women in the industry. I think we innately know that. I think I innately knew that for years and I was terrified of really stepping stepping forward, even though I knew I needed to, you know, because it's like, all right, I'm going to be putting myself in like some fucking firing line potentially. And do I want to, do I want to risk that? Do I want to risk that? This is something that everyone goes through. So like, this isn't like, oh, if I happen to get to Maggie's level, then maybe I might experience this. If you're a business owner listening to this and at any point are trying to like transition from phase whatever to the next one, this is the same stuff that you're feeling. And it gets gets louder potentially. And like, for me, like, like I said, this was a really big transition in my life that I did a year ago and like kind of, I'm still working through it, but I mean, no one's immune to this. And I do think that all of these things and principles that Maggie and Kristen are talking about are really important to get ahead of my, my, then I have a almost all female staff and even on their, you know, in their respective lives, the way that they are kind of growing. Like my goal is that we have a really supportive network there so that they can have, um, you know, uh, this comfort of people that are not, um, secretly gunning for their failure, uh, within like whatever they're doing. Emily, (laughs) Emily, you just fucking nailed it. Secretly gunning for their failure that I'm like, can we pull that little snippet out and like just post it somewhere? Cause that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, and our success as individuals, no matter what it is you're doing, dog training, fucking business development, ice skating, like whatever we rely, we have to have safe learning and growth environments. If we don't have safe working environments, what's the point? 
you know, you can't grow and make mistakes without feeling safe. So yeah, that's the support system. The support system is huge. And like being very selective about who you bring in. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you read this in books. There's been other, like the, you know, I remember, um, a woman saying this to me years ago, but it's very true. Like keeping the advisory board to a very select few. And I had to really, and still have to work on breaking the habit of seeking advice from just everyone or being like kind of open. Cause like, I will just like kind of talk about what's going on in my life. And that's not, and you know, it's two-sided, right? It's like, it's not necessarily about being a, keeping myself small, which was part of the topic points on this, but it's about those like seeds of growth, not being stomped on by family or friends or people that aren't going to understand kind of what you're working through mentally that will really slow down the growth of your business. I know you talk about this all the time, Maggie, but it's one Mm -hmm. of the bigger, most important things I think that people underestimate. Yeah. Well, it's like in our advanced course leading up to dog business without borders, but it was the mastery course framework, um, where, what do we introduce? We start introducing things like, all right, now your relationships are shifting. People that you thought that you knew or that supported you might not be acting like that at this point in your career because you're, you're potentially doing so well. Like those are the first things that I hit on with people when they're at that advanced level. Cause we got to clear up all of that, like emotional kind of gunk, if you will. Like we got to clean it up a little bit, reorganize it a little bit, have some coping skills so that we can get refocused and back on like a strategic, you know, game plan because it's hard, man. Like, yeah, you start feeling like you're, um, being pulled in different directions if you're not super selective about who you're talking to. So yeah, advanced business very much is about the people that you choose to put your energy into trying to discuss shit with. And again, this, it, that can include blacklisting, at least we're talking about your business shit or like your professional life. Um, even people that want to support you simply because they're just, they don't know how yet. You know, if you're not walking away from conversations feeling motivated and like you've got some level of a game plan or you're ready to tackle shit, if you're left feeling like, oh my God, like I still don't fucking know, like, you know, there's a problem. Yeah. Being, being like investing in a therapist or a journal, (laughs) getting your thoughts out there. Don't bring it to, you know, your mom, your sister, your whatever, like those places, a lot of people aren't going to understand. I think those are... Mm -hmm those are the places where, um, and we almost seek validation with those people and then they crush us. And then we're like surprised every time. And then we do it again. At least yep. that's me. Yep. <laughs> same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I know all three of us. Like, same. Done that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's important too, like when we're talking about the experience, once you hit that quote unquote, some level of success, right. Or achievement, almost like the word achievement better. It's like when you're achieving stuff, these are, these are the blowbacks and consequences and having that clarity on like who you can go to having your system, fucking journaling, having a fucking therapist. Um, but also making sure that like the strategic bits are also in there. I feel like a lot of people are good at sharing motivational memes and helping people feel better, but also sometimes there's a lot of lack of, okay, now go do shit, right? Like, let's go get some momentum now. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of us as entrepreneurs, like, that's why it's so hard to spin or, and also why it's so easy to spin wheels with certain relationships is the person might help you feel more motivated. But if you don't have a fucking game plan, if you're not working towards being like, all right, I'm going to go implement X, Y, and Z, it's like, what's the point? And then we still continue feeling frustrated. You know, we're entrepreneurs. We do get bored easily too. And I think that's part of it. Like that starts to happen also at the same time that you're reaching like one of those main achievement levels, those moments of success where it's like, cool, I've done the thing. Now what's next? You know, we start getting itchy. So we also got that. So it's like, we need to be able to implement shit and have a fucking game plan. I know I always feel like really off when I, when I'm not clear on, okay, I'm feeling this way, but this is, this is where I'm heading. This is how I'm heading there. Mm. Also something that I want to point out to Maggie and that, Emily hit on as well. You both have been hitting on it. Just, you know, as everybody grows and learns and, you know, kind of unwraps their achievement and their success and their performing, because naturally as entrepreneurs, we are all high performing machines. We are, and Mm -hmm. we will run ourselves to the ground before we even know it. And we're all, I know Emily's working. I know Maggie's working. I'm working on it. 
But so like one of the biggest things I want to tell people that are listening to this, it's like, be very careful who you surround yourself with because some people will disguise themselves to be your greatest helpers, your greatest fans, your greatest supporters. And the moment they see the truth behind the curtains, they go into your, like literally into your whole body, mind, house or whatever, that's when they become a cancer to you. And it's so disguised and so unpacked. I've had this happen to me personally. I know Maggie has, I don't know, Emily, but the just be extremely picky because sometimes, again, if you are a high performing entrepreneur, we get fucking tired too. And we look for help and we seek validation. And, you know, sometimes people can just just not have the best intentions for you, you know? So it's super, super important. You have a community. Like I know when Maggie, Emily and I get together, if it's at Emily's place, if it's at Maggie's place or whatnot, like there is just a certain like energetic feel. It's like, Oh my God. I can <laughs> relax. Like, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's, no guard. Pe- no guard. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you guys are literally people that I know I can completely be myself. You guys get me. And if you don't, you're going to ask, like we can have conversations. It's, it's a, it's, it's that safe place that I'm describing. Right. And safety includes all levels, whether somebody has the intentions of being toxic or they have good intentions, just really bad advice. Like it still leads you down the wrong path. So when you know, it's uh, it's like, I know that I can trust you guys around all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's like a no, an energetic no-brainer. But it's, I feel like it's a requirement. Like I've done this cycle a few times over my career where I haven't had that actual sport system I thought I did, but it turned out that it wasn't strong enough. Like you guys know the story about me being on the top of a mountain running an event and like it was that everything went wrong. And then my support system that was supposed to be there, well, first of all, there was two people. One was in the hospital from a heart attack and a stroke. And the other one literally left me on the top of the mountain. And for a long time, I thought that was fine. It's just fine. Everything's fine. It's like that you literally, Maggie. Gone. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you. You literally said it was a rite of passage until yeah. you had that breakthrough last year about it. Oh like my God. Last year, it took me until last year to look back all those years later and be like, wait a minute, that was not cool. And it was like literally the most non-supportive thing that that quote unquote person in my circle could have done. It was awful. And I just, I think I was in such shock from the rest of the situation because it was like, it was a clusterfuck, whatever. Like we all go through it. It's it was such a clusterfuck. And then to be left to deal with all of it with Mason literally on my hip, I think Mason was seven months old. I did it all. And I think I was in such shock that like, I just couldn't, pro- it took me that long to process the fact that like the cherry on top was like a big fuck you. I just could, I was so, so tired. I didn't see it for that long. <laughs> well, I mean, from what I understand, and hopefully I'm not sharing too much of your story, but that person was a mentor for you. Uh, leading up to that and maybe like post that. And it took a while to kind of see that you'd outgrown that relationship, that mentorship. And that has happened so much. And as somebody that is um, like, I have a staff that I employ and mentor uh, you even. (laughs) So to Kristen's point of like um, being very discerning about who is um, your support and not even being able to shift, it could be your own mentor. It really could. Just like what Maggie's saying, just like what Kristen's mm. saying. And the reason mm. I know that not only have I experienced it where I've outgrown my mentor, but I've also um, experienced myself as a mentor, having to coach myself to not feel threatened by the growth of my protégés. And that actually uh. being an important thing to, to see as like a huge success for me and for them. Right. So like you, you see this thing where you're like, wow, this person's really fucking good at this and they're great. They're better than I am. This is awesome. We need to foster this. And I need to check my own ego right now because it's important that they continue to grow. Mm-hmm. That is such a good lesson around like checking the signs of a good mentor is where are their ex mentees? Like what happens? Have they graduated you know, into, cause like that was my first experience with the, with my mentor, Mike, is he sat down and had that conversation. Look, kid, my job is if I do my job well enough, you're going to be teaching me years down the road. You know, I'll be working for you years down the road. And that was his, his mind shift mindset. And, um, that, that I kind of shifted into. And 
I picked up and ran with that mentality. And I so agree with that. Like you look at even this conversation, both of you guys started off as students of mine and I love and respect you both and can hold that space for growth that now you guys, we're all sitting here as equals, right? And sometimes I, I go to you guys for different things too. And it's a give and take relationship because I can create that space. And that's really, um, so- that's actually really hard though. Like what Maggie's talking about. I mean, I, I can relate to this cause I've been in positions like even coaching in sports. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it actually no, go really, for it. really no, it's hard to watch people lap you because if your own mm-hmm. identity is that of a coach or support or a dog trainer or a roller derby player or whatever it is that you are or salesperson, this, that your own identity is in it. You're wanting to give that gift to somebody else, but they're making it their own thing. And so it's like, yeah, I contributed to their success, but I didn't, they are making themselves successful. So you start to see that, right. Where it's like, that's them and they are fucking great in their own being. And you have to really be okay with the idea that hopefully if you're doing your job, right. The people that you're bringing up are going to like skyrocket. Right. And like, that shouldn't be scary. (laughs) Well, that's why we like our, uh, like mentorship and our facilitators, like it's based on people that have excelled and have been with us as students, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm proud of the fact that we deliberately make space in the company to bring people like you guys on, you know, and we have clients asking early on in their programs, Hey, like I want to be considered as like a mentor for grassroots. I want to be considered as somebody that can come back and help after I finished my stuff. We literally had a conversation like this last week with one of our students and it makes me, it's great, you know, and especially for women, like we go back to, this is a conversation for women. I look at the, the places you guys can go and get trained. And yes, a lot of times there's good places. A lot of, by the way, 80, 20 rule, Kristen mentioned earlier, 80% of the dog business owners are women, right? Which is why we mostly have conversations with women. But in leadership in the industry, it's exact opposite. 80% of mentors and places of business and place for you guys to go learn and grow, men, right? And I know, Emily, you've seen this. I've seen this. We've all seen this, how let's talk about mentorship, going and doing a, a, like a men's space fucking mentorship program. What happens is the women usually are the ones that are stifled, they're more likely to allow that, like that mentor process we were just talking about to elevate male students. Like, I know you've seen that. We've seen that in like seminars and workshops, like in microaggression level shit too. So it's really hard for women. I feel for us fucking women out there coming into the industry recently is that God, you guys don't have a lot of places to go. This is part of the reason why I fucking love grassroots and I've refused to get out of the industry. I've had people try to pull me out of the industry and I, uh-uh, not having it. Like we need this. We all need this. We need that, that safe place to be able to grow because you, because of that dynamic, you know, like good mentorship is good mentorship. And I think that that core absolutely needs to always be that, you know, somebody has the, the right to continue growing beyond what they thought was possible, beyond what everybody else thinks is possible. We need that safety in that place to be able to do that. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So you have to have this, you know, you have to be all of the things all at once. Brave, yeah. bold, <laughs> humble, yeah. cheerful, I know. loud. Safe. I know. It's just like, yeah, safe. All these things. You have to be all of it. And um, and you have to be pretty while you do it too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, not, but not too pretty. But not too pretty. But, but, but not too pretty. pretty. <laughs> I mean, really, tone it down, ladies. Tone it tone down. Tone it down. Tone it down. Jesus. Oh, the messages we're bombarded with. <laughs> so something I do want to, I do want to actually kind of, cause Emily, I know it's, you got to wrap up in a second. Uh, one thing I do want to kind of hit back on, like when we started talking this call too, it's like even the conversations around grassroots as an organization, just so anybody that's listening there, guys, like ladies, women, how you identify, we are out there. We are committed as a leadership team to be that bold for you. Let us break the ground for you. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a whole thing of like, we're, we're, we're committed to being bold, being loud, being obnoxious to pave the space for you. So it's just something that we just literally chatted about like 24 hours ago on a a group call, a leadership team call that we're out there and we're committed to be bold and, you know, make it normal for us to do this, make it normal Mm. for women in the industry to say, listen, I'm fucking successful, whatever that is. Cause success is subjective. We get that. 
but also letting it be shown that like you can surely, like surely and surely, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying right now. Cause I'm like, so getting <laughs> like, I'm getting so upset about it. not upset, but like, so like enraged about it or uh, just like energized by it. But it's like, it's okay to show up in your true authenticity and you don't have to tone it down. You can be bold. You can do what the fuck you want to do and having your voice and just show up in the true essence mm. of you, that higher self you want to become. So that is something I've always appreciated about you guys and particularly Maggie early on in my relationship with y'all. And I think that definitely Maggie is not, is aware of this, but there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, she's too out there. She's too, too much. Right. She's too much. And, uh, there's a reason. Well, and I'm very different than each of you. Like the three of right. us are all extremely different people and we speak in different ways. And like that comes across in like, we speak to a different even sector of people in the marketplace. But, um, but it definitely watching Maggie put herself out there was really exciting for me as a young business owner. Um, because it just made it more comfortable for me to be myself too. And that's really, really, yes. really, really important. So what you see as like too showy or like too dick jokey or whatever, uh, yeah. somebody else might see as someone that is, you know, making room and that's mm-hmm. really great. So. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Cause you know, that's a throwback that I get. Like somebody literally said to me the other day, Oh, well I saw you doing this video where you were singing into a dildo and telling ISCP to suck your dick. And I would, that's so unprofessional. Yes, I did do that by the way. But the reality is, you know, I'm, when, when I, when I go out and I do something like that, the space in room it leaves for literally everybody in the industry, whether they agree with me and like me or not, or choose to work with grassroots or not, is literally irrelevant. They're actually benefiting from that. I have seen, you guys will agree, I think, but the amount of boldness and humor and jokes and shit that is actually in people's, at like most people's marketing online now, the last couple of years, after I fucking started doing that shit, it is really, it's actually shifted people and has created that space. You know, it's like, well, I'm not going to do that, but I can get away with way more than I thought I could. And that's the thing is the more character, the more you show up, like the more your clients will naturally be attracted to you. So it's like, whether you like it or not, it's still creating the space for you to get out there and have more opportunity in your business. So I'm happy to fucking, I'm happy to take it, you know, take the criticism for people. Cause I know at the end of the day, like you said, Emily, it's all, all that's doing is creating space for everybody else to come in behind. And I'm down for that. Yeah. And what's the point of owning your own business? If you have to have a false identity, I mean, why, yeah. Why even do this if you can't be yourself and whatever that self is like, I don't, care like that to me sounds like the antithesis of success if I have to manipulate my identity to fit a mold that somebody else has created that sounds very stressful actually (laughs) it is yeah Yeah, it's way more stressful than singing into a dildo and being clear so and I feel fine I'm okay with that anyway sorry ladies I kind of went off a little bit of a ramble it's all good it's all good all right so let's wrap this up. So Emily, beautiful. anything you want to say to a listener out there that's still with us right now? Like, what would you like to say to her? Um, I think that I guess what I would say would be to keep your, um, advisory committee, whatever that means to you small and mm. really, and make sure that it's people that truly have your best interest at heart. And as you're expanding, understand that that growth process is going to be uncomfortable, like super really uncomfortable. Um, but you know, after that chaos is usually something really great. So I guess that's what I'd say. I don't know. Is that good? It's good. Maggie, (laughs) Maggie, what would you say? Yeah. I'll piggyback off of Emily a little bit. It's like, keep your counsel small, but don't keep yourself small, Mm -hmm. you know, like be careful with who you surround yourself with. And make sure like you, you reach out to people, you know, people that have been there, done that. And there's really not a whole lot. So be very careful about who you select, you know, and don't give up. I think perseverance, you know, we've got one of our clients that's been with us for years and she's turned into one of our strongest dog trainers um, in the group. And she's so humble and it's almost like she doesn't realize it. And the thing that I've been plugging away with her on forever is she's got this perseverance 
that's, mm-hmm. that's unmatched. And it's such a critical tool, you know, like we all, I think women also struggle a lot with imposter syndrome. That's one thing that we didn't bring up today. Um, and I think, you know, learning to move through that stuff and just don't, don't give up, have perseverance, man. Like, you know, you can guarantee yeah. to yourself that no matter what you're doing from day to day, you're going to show up as the best version of yourself. And like, that's all you can guarantee. Mm-hmm. So just don't yeah. stop. I want to add something there too, Kristen. Do we have a look? Can I have Yeah, we still have time. <laughs> okay. Well, because I think that that's really important too. And I didn't talk about this, but secretly I smile a little bit when people underestimate me and I really mm-hmm. like it. So I think that that's not spoken about very often, but it, if you can figure out a way to like shift that little paper cut that we talked about into something that actually is motivating, like, then mm. you're really fucking working with something because I like it a little bit when people underestimate me and then I'm in that space of like, okay, cool. And now I'm just going to add that into more of the fire that fuels me continuing to move my life forward. Um, so you can flip it and maybe make the choice to do that. Someone in my early twenties, a partner of mine, uh, was really, uh, he kind of introduced the word mental fortitude to me at that time, which I think was really Mm. significant for the course of my twenties. And, um, I would like kind of go back to that phrase a lot, like having mental fortitude through situations. And I think that that was a big part of what got me here. Like what you're saying with resilience or was that the word you said? Resilience. Also that, no, perseverance. But I like perseverance. That. Yeah. 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 Cause it's look, you could work a 40 hour work week in a job or in your business and not really be applying yourself or you could work your 40 hours plus some whatever consistently over a period of time and really apply yourself, really keep focused. And the level of quality achievement that you're going to do, that you're going to make is going to be incredible. And it's just keeping that steady flow when everything feels like it's going wrong or you're getting mixed messages or you're unsure about yourself or whatever it's popping up because it's fucking going to, right? And I think that's the key is like the the further up the ladder you get, the faller or the the higher the fall (laughs) is what it feels like, right? So like you got to just slowly rung by rung, just continue your journey. Like, yes, sometimes we need to stop and rest, but don't go back down. Just keep going. Yeah. Fuck. And this is why your counsel is so critical. I feel like we all keep naturally coming back to this in your support system and where you're at because, you know, you, how you are talked to when you're on that ladder, so to speak, can make or break people. Like I used to, what I told you guys earlier on in the conversation about like the first time I burned my business down. And, um, the second time was kind of after that whole, uh, being abandoned on the top of the mountain thing, um, which was also very significant. But during that interim, I was doing outdoor ed and I was running ropes courses and learning how to like facilitate with people and how to create these enriched learning experiences and then teach a variety of stuff. One of which was ropes course stuff. So like, I physically know what it's like to, you know, like literally imagine yourself like climbing up something and you're afraid of heights and you get stalled. How that facilitator and how your group is talking to you literally makes the entire uh, experience for the person that's feeling stuck, right? And Kristen and I know this is, we literally have the word, what is it, stuck? Yeah, as a flag Mm -hmm. in our classroom. Mm -hmm. So anytime somebody uses that particular word, it immediately pulls it up for us. Because it's so common to be like, I feel stuck. It's no different than, than being on a fucking ropes course, being on a challenge course. It's critical. And not everybody's a natural facilitator and not everybody's going to get that language down. So again, I feel like it's so critical to make, like be super fucking clear with who your support system is. Um, because yeah, if you want to really nail that perseverance and that, that what word did you, do you use again, Emily? Mental fortitude, resilience. Yeah. Yeah, the resilience and the mental fortitude. In those moments when you're feeling stuck, it's that, again, going back to what Emily was saying, what you hear from other people really does matter. Like you can Mm -hmm. be super discerning, but you're not going to be very good at it when you're in that moment of like, ah, what do I do? (laughs) And again, the higher up you go, the further it is to fall. So the more critical your your support people are going to be around you. So, and this is why we've also believed in coaching. I'm not doing a pitch here, but like for real, like getting the right people with the right information that knows and has been through this before with people is so fucking important because it's, you're, we're, <sighs> here's what I want to say in closing. The more successful we become, the more delicate we feel. 
Yeah. That's that's how yeah. I've experienced it at least. The more successful I become, the more delicate I feel. Not just to the outside world, to myself included, which is why mm-hmm. I think there's so much personal work that has to be done. And yeah. it becomes increasingly more critical, like the quality that you and that's the word, that's what I'm gonna leave it with. Quality of people. It's really about the quality of people. And yourself. Mm. That's a mic drop. Or you can get on the ropes course and just blaze through it. <laughs> yeah, Kristen, literally, that's, I, did, I did ropes course facilitation with Kristen's group, the very first event she came to of mine, and uh, that's what she did. And I was like, oh, where else does this show up? Kristen yeah. is not a crier. I fucking broke Kristen on the first event. And here we are, though. Right? <laughs> right. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boom. By the well, way, they, yeah. uh, we got to do more. We got, I got to, I got to get all these dog trainers doing ropes courses with their clients. People are like, wait, what? With dogs, without dogs? We'll talk about that later. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's been all real, right. ladies. It's been it's, good. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. Thank you for joining us, everybody. But especially yeah. Emily, I want to, I want to thank you because you have been, and so has Kristen. Both of you guys have been, you know, part of my, my network of people. And I just, you know, for everybody listening, like, this is a result of us also practicing what, what we're preaching today too. Like yeah, we're here true. because of these things. So mm-hmm. I really, from a personal level, I want to thank you ladies because I would not be sitting here still if it weren't for you guys. Cause it's Aww. been, you know, again, success is challenging. It is it's challenging. So yeah. I appreciate you ladies. Thank yeah, you for helping me you. pull through this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, All right, you guys look forward to hearing back from everybody. So we'll All talk, right. to you later. talk to you guys later. Thank you. Bye. 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 Hey there, thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God, go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content-packed dog business jam sessions plus special offers that I'm gonna only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at dogwalkercoach. You can find me, dogwalkercoach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, until next time. Bye.